0: I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal! You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result, and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps, and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. Let's
1: go. We, we started the game really well. You know, we picked a real aggressive and bold shape today, and we wanted to really go for Celtic's throat. And we've done that and took the lead, and we certainly deserved the, the three points, which are important to us. Was
2: a disappointing the result? Uh, no. Coming in the game. In the red cards, a decisive moment in terms of rangers scoring at the same time. And again, when we did have our chances, which is always going to be hard to come by with 10 men, we just couldn't get a ball just in the net. The,
3: the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited, hosted by Paul Cooney, Mark Guidi, and Marvin Bartley Call now and voice your opinion. 808 1717 700 Let's go! go.
4: So, Stephen Gerrard vows Rangers will be even better next season. 23 points clear of Celtic at the top of the table. Summer signings to come, he says. But who will be going from Rangers over the summer period? And who are the new faces for year four of his project? Celtic weren't happy with the referee Nick Walsh, the sending off of Callum McGregor, as Newcastle had spies in the stand watching Christopher Eyer. What's going to happen at Celtic? Uh, do you know? Give us a call 0808 17 17 700. Rangers fans, how are you feeling? Undefeated in the league all season and just two games away from being invincibles. But someone who wants to change that is with us. The Livingston captain, Marvin Bartley. Marvin, a, a, a defeat at the weekend against Aberdeen. But you're looking forward to the last two games, one of them against Rangers.
5: Yeah, definitely. You know, we always knew coming to the top six it was going to be a, a difficult yeah. period of time for us. But no, listen, we're, we're taking each game as it comes. And, we're unfortunate to, to lose to Aberdeen, and you know you go into a massive game a week on Wednesday against Rangers, so it doesn't get any easier for us. But no, we're enjoying the ride, and you know we want to pick up some points also.
4: And you've got a few days off now, like most teams, because it's a week on Wednesday. We'll speak to you about that, and also the social media ban as football and many sports come together. To tackle racism, and uh, I know you've had a busy weekend as well. In fact, I saw you on the BBC yesterday on the political program.
5: Yeah, it's been a, it's been a bit of a whirlwind thing, but yeah, as you said, you know everyone's kind of had enough of it, and we're all putting together with the with the social media boycott um, over the weekend, and that obviously continues until midnight tonight. So yeah, it's been it's been busy. The Scottish FA, as I said, have been proactive rather than reactive, and you know we're trying to make change, and hopefully it will come.
4: We're off the social media as well until midnight like so many others. Mark Guidi is with us. Mark, yet another uh, Old Firm defeat for Celtic. Four out of five this season. Uh, And for Rangers, they're rampant against Celtic. They've got Celtic's number now in the
6: league. Yeah, they're unbeaten in five games this season against uh, Celtic, Paul. You go back to last season as well, when they won the last Old Firm game 2-1. Um... And so the last time Celtic beat Rangers was December 2019, League Cup final. Um, 1-0 at Hamden Park. So you're looking at um, 18 months ago. So for Rangers, they've got Celtic's number. The win was well-deserved. Let's get it straight from the off, Paul. Nick Walsh called it right. It was a red card. You agree? For, for, yeah, 100%. It was two yellow cards. So we can nail that one um, right away. And um, I think Rangers too. just that little tactical tweak, going with two up top. Um, you know caught Celtic by surprise they did start the game well but starting the game well it's about 90 minutes um, Paul and over the piece once again just too many Celtic players off form and Rangers pretty much in cruise control and I don't think 4-1 flattered them you can see
4: how much it meant to the manager Stephen Gerrard who was speaking afterwards about his team's performance and how they've won the league look this this club's about success you know seven days ago sitting here really
1: stung and hurt that we missed a big opportunity in terms of the league, can't ask the players for it any more. It's been a collective effort. Um, the c- recruitment was key. Last year, for us to improve and get better, to manoeuvre the journey in terms of the league through through a COVID has been a real good challenge. But the players deserve all the credit they've had and all the credit they get moving forward because they're the ones that have gone out and produced the performances to get us to this point. Two challenges left, and we want to go and try and you know, finish as strong as we can.
4: Sean is on the line. 700. eight seventeen seventeen seven hundred. We're with Marvin Barkley, Mark Guidi, Paul Cooney. Sean, congratulations. Aye, uh, definitely. Especially me
7: getting my prediction right. Like, you in did? November, twenty uh, odd points, Rangers would win the league. Uh, Marvin, I'm just got to say something. to you, Sorry, because we need to lose one game. We need to lose against us, <laughs> so we can uh, go the full season.
4: Um, uh, no, Watson. I can't believe you're coming on saying that to the, the Livingston <laughs> skipper. Marvin.
5: Well, hopefully, Sean, hopefully we can beat you and then next time I'm on it you can give give me a call and uh, <laughs> we can talk about it. You but not
4: no. do that anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but It's a good point Sean makes. I mean, he did come on here early in the season and he said it would be over 20 points. And actually, I had you down as one. We'll need to watch this caller if he comes back on. <laughs> Little did I know that he would. But but he's been right about over 23 points, Marvin.
5: Yeah, that's some prediction, um, by the way, because obviously we saw the way that Rangers started last season and then kind of the winter break came and then it kind of fell away. So we knew they were going to be strong this season if they could maintain that you know, early season form from the season before. But to, to beat Celtic by 20 points, you know, as I said, no one other than Sean, I'm sure, would have been predicting that. And Rangers have been fantastic. You know, they really have been fantastic this season and of all the difficulties players have faced with with having no fans in there and everything else, they've just got on with their job week after week, you know, ticked the games off and you're now looking at 20 points ahead of a a struggling Celtic team. So as as much as Rangers have been fantastic, I I think Celtic would be disappointed or they'll definitely be disappointed as players, you know, with the the way they've reacted this season um, going for 10 in a row.
4: The ordering off, can I ask you, Marvin, what you thought of the booking, the first booking for Callum McGregor and indeed the second one?
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a man who's put a few tackles in in my time. So, listen, I, I think sometimes in the derby, uh, the, the, the referee has to realise kind of the magnitude of the game. I'm not saying that it has to change the rules, but I, I definitely believe that the second one, he could have just said to him, listen, that's your final one. Um you know, but by letter of the law as, as I said earlier maybe the referee has got it right. I just think in a derby game you know, you should maybe get away with, you know, you no know, one so. Mm. You know, but you don't want to danger players either. You know, I don't think Kamara was any great danger. Yes, it was a, a late tackle. You know, Rangers went on to score. I think that was enough of a punishment. If I'm being totally honest I think the referee could have just said listen, that's your last one and, and and that's it.
4: Sean, would you prefer to have 11 against 11? Oh, definitely. You'd always want like,
7: you don't want um, anything you can do man but be honest, when the lucks on your side, you go for it and take advantage of it. So, cause at times, it'll come against you. You see, sometimes, people made um, 10 men, sometimes it can actually be a harder game. In some Marvin might agree with me on that one.
5: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. You know, sometimes playing against 10 men is, is, is a lot more difficult because I, I think it's more difficult when fans are in, though, because their expectation goes up. Uh-huh. I think, you know, maybe not having the fans in there... That, Kind of makes it a little bit easier because you, you know what it's like, Sean, being a fan yourself. If you're yeah. at the Rangers v Celtic game and Celtic go down to ten men, all of a sudden you want you know Rangers to score three or four goals straight away, and that puts pressure on players. They start playing passes they wouldn't maybe normally play. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely more difficult against ten men because you know they like to sit in a little bit more and everything else. But I think just not having the fans there, it allowed Rangers to relax and you know and, and kind of run riot.
4: Mark, Sean obviously wants to talk mainly about Rangers, but a lot of the story is about Celtic, and we'll come on to that during the programme. We'll hear from John Kennedy. But is it too strong to say that the club is in disarray? Celtic. Celtic.
6: No, it's not too strong at uh, at all, Paul. It's uh, it probably sums it up uh, perfectly. Um you know, there's been some you know, reading all the comments today in the media, you know, there's been some really good analogies. Um you take for example, someone saying, Why didn't Celtic change the manager in November time? Look at Chelsea. They changed Frank Lampard and they brought in Thomas Tuchel. They were decisive. They realised it was something that needed to be addressed and they addressed it and look at Chelsea. Now, has it improved in 10 weeks under John Kennedy? I don't think so. I don't think it's improved. Uh, if you're going to improve, you had to win the Scottish Cup or at least been the semi-final this weekend. Celtic are not. They've not beaten Rangers. or taken a point off them um, at Celtic Park. And the club is still not appointed a manager. They're set to lose probably 10 players. You could also possibly add Callum McGregor to that list. Uh, I know of at least two English Premier League teams that are interested in him. So Callum McGregor is one that's going to be sought after so they, um, in they, the summer as well.
4: They're interested at the moment in yes. Callum McGregor. Yeah, yeah, there's
6: at least two English Premier League clubs that are interested um, in Callum McGregor. So, um, But you can't lose everybody, Paul. Mm-hmm. You can't lose Ayer and, and, and Edward and Scott Brown and all the rest of them, and Carl McGregor. So, you know, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out with the new manager and the new hierarchy um, at the club. But the rebuild for me at Celtic, it's similar, Paul, and you'll remember it to um, 97, 98, when mm-hmm. Vim Jansen came in. And then the following year at Rangers, when Rangers didn't win 10 in a row, mm-hmm. when Walter Smith stood going- down and yeah. Dick Advocat came in, I think there was only two or three players... Mm-hmm. Survived the Ian Ferguson, but your Ali McCoys, your Stuart McCalls, your Ian Jarrantz, Andy Goram, they were all away. Um, it was the end of the era. It was yeah. so it's very very similar now, but it's a hell of a job, and it's not. Uh, you don't envy the new Celtic manager, um, begin because as Mullen said, the demands are going to be there to get instant success. They're not going to settle for. Well, we only lost the league by 10 sure. points this season That's an improvement on 23 for last season Not good enough, Not good enough You in need to Glasgow. go and hit the ground running
4: More on that we'll hear from Celtic fans Sean from a Rangers point of view I think uh, the manager got the tactics right Here's what he was saying about They, they had a real go at Celtic
1: We played with two number 9s today We wanted to go real high up And be aggressive around Ireland and Welsh and, and challenge them And we wanted Ryan to be a menace And a nuisance around McGregor and, and Brown Because he's done it so many times And he's been a real thorn in Celtic's team The decision to do that worked because three of them put in real positive performances and they're a big reason why we won the game in the style that we did so really across the team today it was a really strong performance again Allen's had to come big on a couple of moments so look I I can't ask for any more from the boys it was the reaction and the response I wanted from this time last week
4: easy to forget Sean isn't it that your goalkeeper yet again showed you how invaluable he is to Rangers with that save from Elianoussi
7: Oh, brilliant, man. I, I think he's getting better by the week. I don't know <laughs> what he's eating, but he's definitely eating the right stuff because he's get. I think he's wearing magic gloves or something because <laughs> I actually know, see, Boss, I think McGregor could actually play or not. I, I think he could end up being like, um, is it Buffo on the... Yeah, yeah. I think
4: it's 18, man. That's he right. could be still playing at 45. 103. <laughs> <Buffo>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sean, it's true. I mean, you, you just see how fit... He he was, Marvin, just looking at that shot then. He touched it onto the bar.
5: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely fantastic save. And, you know, all great teams have great goalkeepers, you know. And Steven Gerrard knows just how good uh, McGregor is for him. And obviously he signed him for another year. So he knows how important he is to the the Rangers team. But just touching on Steven Gerrard's interview there and just hearing him say that he changed his tactics, you know, to, to do something different against Celtic and... If at any point Rangers would have deserved to go and play their normal game because they're so far ahead of them, you know, let them worry about us. But it's tactical awareness to say, listen, we're going to try and do this. And the reason we're going to try and do this is to obviously get at the two centre-halves and get somebody in around the holding midfielder for Celtic. It's such a breath of fresh air because so many managers, I think, in his position would have been arrogant about and said, no, let them worry about us. But he's still shown enough respect to say that this is where we're going to go about it. And, and it's worked, you know, they've gone and, and I said run right in the game, but... No, the man's for me, he's, he's an unbelievable manager, and just to hear that he's willing to make tweaks and and changes, even though his team are you know so far ahead, is it's unbelievable and it's refreshing to hear. Yeah, I mean, he's brought I mean, we spoke on Friday
6: night, and I thought, um, ten, you know, nine out of the starting ten outfield players picked themselves. I only thought, is it going to be Yanis Hadji or is it going to be Scott Sorry. Wright? And I thought it'd be yeah. Scott Wright because of his two previous games against St John's, but he was very tricky, very direct. I didn't think Kimar Roof was in the equation, to be honest bearing in mind as well he missed the penalty kick against St John's since he's on a bit of a low but he's not they've identified something he's identified um, a weakness I suppose what he thinks is a weakness um, Stephen Gerrard and his coaching staff and they've gone for it and um, listen McGregor has pulled off a couple of says Celtic have missed a right sitter with David Turnbull Um, he should have scored but but again, Rangers just looked comfortable. They just looked like, yeah, we know we're going to concede one mm-hmm. or two each but we're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And that's just a, a great attitude and a great belief to have when you're on the pack.
4: Sean, is there still a hangover for you from the St. Johnson result uh, last no, weekend? See, to, no? see, to be honest, uh, Na- Doug
7: Nacho was no well yesterday, so I only had four cans. So I, was, I was tight sober. So I, I'm happy, but I'm happy the three strikers got a goal the, um, Roof scored two yep. Morelos scored a screamer And then Jermaine's a four At the age of I, I think it's 38 or 39 yep. Yep. Scoring a goal I know
4: what about Devoe? Defoe, what about that goal at the end? You see the class in him and uh, how he sold that dummy and Marvin, the way he takes it, class act.
5: Just no yeah. panic, yeah. you know, and, and the man scored so many goals and played at the top, top level and mm. they're just showing at the age of 38, yeah, he just doesn't panic in the box. You know, everyone else is probably around him thinking shoot, the defender's thinking he's going to shoot this time, the Rangers fans are shouting shoot. And the only man that's in control of it all is so calm and collective, and obviously sots it into the goal. And listen, that class will, will always be there. You know, his legs will begin to go, but his mind will always be as sharp as ever. You know, and his finishing will never ever go. It's just how long his legs can, can keep carrying him. But, you know, Stephen Gerrard uses him sparingly now, doesn't he? I think, you know, Jermaine's a, a huge influence around the training ground, and that's why uh, Stephen brought him in at first. And if he can chip him with a couple of goals, then, you know, so be it. But I think he's a huge influence to the younger strikers there as well at the club.
4: Marvin, we have you on to keep you feeling so young, because you're only <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I am feeling and brilliant at the moment. And we haven't all. spoken about Stephen Davis yet, and then there'll be Chris Burke in the programme. That's why you love Go Radio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is amazing though, isn't it? I mean, you're at 34. Did you come up against Defoe at Rangers uh, for Livy, and also Hibs before and down south at Burnley?
5: Yeah, yeah. So I came up against him yeah, firstly down south. He, um, he was at Sunderland at the time, I think. Mm. Um, and, you know, listen, he was he was even sharper than he is now. Well, he's quicker yep. across the ground, but, you know, he scored a fantastic goal when we played uh, Rangers at Ibrox. And honestly, I think, I think it was Tavernier hit the, the diagonal and, you know, he's he's ran off the back of uh, John Guthrie. who hates seeing the goal because I think it was a milestone goal for Defoe. So, you know, John's seen it uh, absolutely everywhere. But he ran off the back of him and, and he finished it with his left foot. And we all thought he was going to take a touch and he's just hit the shot on his left foot, on the bounce, you know, coming from about 60 yards. And you think to yourself, this just isn't fair. How's he do, How's he doing this? But... Know what a wonderful striker, and you know he's, he's someone when I was growing up, I, I looked up to as a as a forward. I know he's not that much older than me, but the stuff he was doing, you know, at Tottenham and, and Portsmouth and for England, you know, he's absolutely fantastic.
4: And what what a role model, Mark, for young people coming into the game, or in fact even mature players, look after yourself.
6: Yeah, Jermaine Defoe, terrific. You know, and you could see what the goal meant to him, mm-hmm. the way he yeah. celebrated. You know, he just, Emotional. Yeah, just a couple of seconds to, to himself. You could just see him soaking it up. Taking it all in um, and no fans in the ground. But um, it was good. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Jermaine Deforme. I I think all things been equal, Rangers would like to keep him. But there's going to have to be a major compromise um, in the contract um, for sure. Glenn Kamara, another one um, interesting, Glenn Kamara, Paul. So that'll be interesting to see what happens with his situation um, in the summer too. So as much as Rangers have been really steady... um, they've just, you know, absolutely cruised away to the, the, the league title. There'll be one or two changes there in the summer and you've got to evolve anyway. Course, you've got to fresh yeah. it up uh, and bring um, new ones in and, and one or two um, will go. Mm-hmm. Sean,
4: what would you like to see the managers saying there'll be some summer signings? Barry Ferguson's been saying for weeks there will be more additions. There will be additions. Uh, where would you like to strengthen? Um, I, I
7: don't know. I do Obviously, you always want to strengthen, but maybe another centre back, maybe another yeah. centre back or Aye. another right back, mm-hmm. just because to have an ear, obviously, KT in gets injured or something 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 like that. But to be honest, I'm happy, but I think we still need to bring in at least one or two of speed experience that I played in the Champions League just to give that extra push. But I'm <laughs> happy anyway, and I'm happy with the, the result of the weekend. Jamenda Poe and his 304th goal. That's just amazing and his great
6: man. Sean, are you you sure it was only four cans you had yesterday? You need another right back. What about Nathan Patterson? (laughs) Well aye, but he's still
7: young so you don't, I'm still like one
6: just doing the safe side. So hold on, so you'd rather spend a transfer fee or a wage on a position that you don't need? Because if you're talking about bringing in a couple of Champions League players for for next season, players of that ilk, then surely you, you keep all your reserves all your, your, your cash reserves and, and finance for positions that you actually properly need to set and I agree with you I think a centre half uh, going to, depends what like, Katic is going to be when he comes back Jack Simpson going to need to put a lot of work on mm-hmm. um, with him for sure he's not been impressive in his first few games but you'll give him the benefit of the doubt because he's settling in um, yep. but you certainly don't need a right back if James Tavernier and Nathan Patterson are there next season that's just a waste of resources bringing another right back. Right.
4: I only asked him a question, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Sean here. Well, everybody's a new market. <laughs> Well,
6: I'll have a few A-cans at Europe and <laughs> then send them over yeah. to me,
4: Sean. Sean, most importantly... Yeah, do you know what?
7: Yeah. Do you know one thing I'm gutted about, um, guys, I'm gutted I never put a bet on Rangers to win the league with over 20 points because I would have been out by a hood.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
4: as big as Barry's, that. maybe, because you brought him in something <laughs> early. Now, listen, most importantly, how is Nacho?
7: He's all right. He's just done his paw. He's up in I don't know. if you've you've heard of the seven walks.
4: Right. Yeah. Oh, well we have.
7: Yeah. Oh, he's up there because I side. Where, that side uh-huh. The farm it was a mountains and it goes up goes yep. all the way to Coop Bridge. So he's a good walk. So he doesn't stop his paw jumping about. So Fantastic. He's all right now. So
4: cheers, Sean. And uh, finally, are you going to go invincible all the way? I think I know the answer from from you. Yep. You're going um, to
7: go invincible. Yes. 100% and sorry, um, net, net when we play Loverson, I'm gonna free now. <laughs>
4: <That
5: shit's laughs> <lovely>. bye, <laughs> bye, Sean.
4: <laughs> Cheers, Sean. Thanks for calling Go Radio. You, <laughs>
3: the Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.
4: Go Radio Football Show, Marvin Bartley, Mark Guidi, Paul Cooney and loads of your calls coming in. We've had an all-firm weekend and we've had loads of football again over the weekend. Not many weekends to go, of course. Uh, In fact, only one more. Uh, There's midweek football next week in the league and the following weekend then Rangers presented with the title, with the trophy but also we'll find out that weekend on the Sunday who is going to stay up in the Premiership. Marvin, you'll be delighted to be well out of that this year. You're in the top six, but it was a bad result for Killy at the weekend and uh, good results for Ross County and Hamilton Aki, so it could be anyone.
5: Yeah, you know, Killy have been dragged straight back into it. Um, I think it took a lot out of them you know, losing the, the penalty shootout um, in, the, in, in the Scottish Cup quarter final, and, and that they almost had a hangover from that and then, you know, I watched their game uh, the weekend against Motherwell and obviously it looked like Carl Lafferty was kind of forced back because I was at the game mm-hmm. on the Monday, he was in a boot mm-hmm. and then he's playing at the weekend but you know, he's such an important player for them. Um, you know, I think that's only their second defeat in the game that he started. Um, but yeah, they've been dragged right back into it but you know, Tommy Wright's a very experienced manager um, you know, and they need to just basically go out there in the next two games and I think three points you know, are going to be vital in, in, in their home game.
4: But Mark, who would rate off Hamilton Aki's huge win for them at uh, Paisley?
6: Yeah, right, a good one. Um, away, uh, St Mirren, great win for Ross County, uh, yeah. Dundee United. So it still opens up. Hamilton's still bottom, but the two massive games. Uh, Paul, you can see this can write down in the last 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. A, a, a week on Sunday for sure. There's going to be three way uh, drama going on in terms of you know, who's going to uh, avoid it. I, I, I take to have to, to choose. If you want to press us on it, then you can press me on it. I'm but, pressing you. I'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll take another look yeah. at the league table yeah, and we'll the fixes to really go. Well. But yeah. it's brilliant. And that's why. Uh, I like the split. That's why I think the split's great. And even for for Marvin, yep. we've got a Belton game coming up. St Johnston mm-hmm. against Livingston, the final Saturday of the season, potentially mm-hmm. for fifth spot. Um, Levy play of Rangers course. next midweek. St Johnston mm-hmm. go to Celtic Park. So there's so much to play for in every area. Hibs Aberdeen could go to the last game for Aberdeen third back place in it. Yep. as well. So listen. Our league gets a lot of criticism but when you look at what we've got coming up over the next couple of weeks I think there's a lot to be proud of.
4: OK, it was uh, Rangers who took the bragging rights and more yesterday. 4-1 against Celtic in the Derby. Afterwards, John Kennedy spoke about Celtic's
2: character. Again, the boys showed character. We had to be you know, brave second half to take the ball. Again, it's easy to just kick the ball at the pitch and Rangers just keep coming after you but we had to try and at times when we had possession make them run about, try and create and pull them open and then attack them a wee bit more space and the numbers to go and attack the box which, which we did um, but again just Rangers in those key moments when they
4: had the chances they took Regan is on the line a Celtic fan Regan good evening Hi Paul, how are you doing? Yeah we're fine Regan so hope you're well uh, obviously you're I'm disappointed well. yeah but you're okay uh, were you surprised that the way Celtic capitulated 4-1 I know they were down to 10 men but you know where were the strikers after Edouard went no, off
8: pa- yeah no, 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 no Paul I wasn't surprised because uh, John Kennedy, since he's took over Celtic, he, he's not changed anything. You know, he's just he's just kept it the same way. I mean, I thought they would bring on maybe Lee Griffiths or Dembele. I don't know what's happened to Celtic, but it's a strange one, uh, Paul.
4: Mm-hmm. Mark, he certainly hasn't made uh, any major changes, and people were saying that we were with sorrow until much later in the game. And again, you and Barry Ferguson were saying Rangers would they'd be glad that Lee Griffiths didn't appear at all.
6: Yeah, I thought Lee Griffiths might have got a run but you know but, but the game's gone you're down to 10 men you're needing energy you're you know, something that you can rely on You a Yeti nowhere again and you know you look at that Paul and, and the rebuilding and, and, and Regan no, you know listen if Celtic are going to have any chance of coming back and winning the title next season you look at the back five yesterday from the goalkeeper in the back four should any of them really survive if you want to build a title winning team for me no
4: Stephen Edward's
6: Rush. going to go Edward's mm-hmm. going to be sold yep yeah so is there any strikers left at the club that you could really hang your hat on to give you 25 goals next season and, re- and really, p- no, there's not so that, you know, it, again it just all points to the massive uh, rebuild Sorrell gives away possession cheaply that, that, that leads to yep. the foes go okay he's rushed in, he's coming on 10 men etc etc but it, it just highlights the, the massive amount of work that's going to be required for the new manager the director of football, technical director, whatever it's going to be, the new chief scout mm-hmm. and all the staff, and for Dominic Nakai, the chief executive, to help go and get deals over the line because potentially he's probably looking at having to sell three or four players and then bring in an absolute minimum of ten, 10. at least ten players. Yep. Ten players that are first team ready. No ten squad players. Mm-hmm. Ten players that are first team ready. For Champions League qualifiers... Uh, oh, I think you're right of off the Champions League yep. qualifiers I have to be honest if you get there, it's a bonus. 30 million pounds, brilliant. But realistically, Champions League's going to be far too soon for Celtic.
4: Marvin. <laughs> where do you start?
5: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where do you start? It's it's gonna be as you know, as as Mark said there, it's gonna be very, very difficult um, for Celtic to be ready for the Champions League, but they have to be. You know, I don't believe a club of that size can can say let's write off the Champions League, let's not be ready for it. You know, they sacked Neil Lennon uh, a while ago. Um, they knew what was going to happen after that. They were going to need to get a manager. They knew when the Champions League qualifiers were going to be. So I don't think they can use that as an excuse saying that, you know, we need to bring an X amount of players. That They need to be ready. It's, it's, that's it. That's the bottom line. Uh, the new manager has a huge job, but I also believe that you're probably coming into a blank canvas, you know, mm-hmm. for the first time in, at Celtic for a long, long time. You know, how many big clubs, you know, around the world could you go into and think, right, I can put my stamp on this straight away. So the new manager is gonna gonna have the option. They're obviously, gonna have to give him some cash to go out and get his players. Um, but you know these things, these deals can be sorted out in a week's time. So it's not going to be an excuse that you know come the Champions League qualifies, Oh, you know I had to bring this player and I had to bring that player. And I think everybody knows the players that are going to go who are in contract at this moment in time. Um, so you know they they have to be prepared for this. So whether it's the people in the in the back room now or the new manager coming in, there's no excuses. You know you need to hit the ground running. You're coming into Celtic Football Club, you know, a huge football club. So you know, I'm not interested in hearing excuses that they shouldn't be ready for the Champions League. See, Ma-
6: Marvin, just to ask you because obviously you play against Celtic and mm. Rangers on a regular basis. Is the gap so wide that regardless of what Celtic do in the next two or three months that they're not going to catch Rangers next season? Mm. Or is there something there that, that that can give them
5: confidence or optimism that they can actually win the league next season? Do you know what? I think bringing in all the new players is going to actually help. I remember coming into Hibs and before, you know, coming in Hibs v. Hearts, you know, Hearts had the upper hand, but I knew nothing about that. So coming in as a fresh player and there was probably five or six of us who came in, that mental like weakness that the club had before had gone. Because six of us were starting, we had no idea what had happened, you know, in the previous games. We we're only worried about now. So I think with Celtic, that might actually work to their advantage. Listen, at this moment in time, you know, I think Rangers are, 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 are way away from Celtic. Just with the way they're trying to do things, you know, the way they play, don't get me wrong, they they haven't won every game, but you know, they haven't lost a game. But you can always see what they're trying to do. At times playing against Celtic, I felt they're just trying to get it to their better players, their Edwards, their, you know, McGregor's, their Turnbulls, and hoping for a bit of magic from them rather than having a set play what they're trying to do in terms of, you know, rotations or anything else, getting the ball forward. So there is a lot of work for the new manager to do, but You know, as I said, you can start implementing these things straight away and you're going to have new players that you're going to put into the system as well. So you need to recruit players who can, can hit the ground running playing the way you want to play. There's no excuse of, oh, I've been left with this player. I've been left with these 20 players. No, no, no. You're bringing in 10, 12 players. So these players must be able to do what you want them to do. If they can't do it, then that's on the manager
4: great insight from your experience there because remember Craig Levine would say it's back to you know the the old the normal order yep. in but you knew nothing of that you were just coming into Hibs five or six of you yeah listen we're half an hour into the programme Reagan, and we haven't mentioned H <laughs> where is H where is How where is Eddie How in line of duty oh. is he is he that was a bit tortured, I know. But I just thought that half an hour in, nobody's mentioned Eddie Howe. Marvin, is he coming? Come on, <laughs> and tell us here. I
8: that. Yeah. Marvin, he's what with Eddie Howe. Do you think that Eddie Howe will be put off with the, the task that he sees at Celtic? Because Celtic need a brand new team. Or do you think Eddie Howe will... Uh, do you think will look forward to the challenge? or? Mm
4: threat or opportunity
5: yeah I think if he if he is to come in he'll definitely look forward to the opportunity I think you know any manager coming in you know who would have looked at Celtic after no Lennon going and the the job coming available and looking at the players contracts who are out of contract next season I think you always knew it was going to be a rebuild job you know even if John Kennedy somehow managed to to catch Rangers and and Celtic won the league these players are still going to leave because they're going to go on you know to earn more money the club are going to cash in on them they're not going to keep them next season so you always knew it was going to be a rebuild job I think you know any manager you know worth his salt is going to, going to look forward to this you know what is there not to look forward to you're bringing in your own players you've got a you know blank canvas you know Rangers have beat Celtic by 20 points this season to to win the league so the gap's not going to get any bigger so if you believe in yourself you know and whether it's Eddie Howe or anybody else I think the managers will be looking at this and, and they'll be excited by the challenge as long as the money's there you know, as long as the club have the money there to replace the players and you know go on to do something and you know uh, challenge to get in the Champions League and everything else, and challenge for the league next season, and I think any manager would want the job. It, Marvin, see, just that I concern that if it is Eddie Howe, mm-hmm. a, a concern that
6: a niggle that I have about him is there's no doubt you speak to many people, including yourself, and they rave about him as a coach. Yep. I don't think his coaching abilities are in question, entertaining, attractive, winning football. The niggle that I have about him is coming to a city like Glasgow. Mm-hmm. There's no escape, it's 24 hours a day, there's 60,000 fans. You lose two or three games or you lose your first old firm game or you don't get into the Champions League, right of a sudden it's on top of you, it closes in, it can be suffocating. My niggle is, has Eddie Howe got the mentality to cope with all that? You know, just have the blinkers on and and push away the noise or is that something that potentially
5: might affect him? No, Eddie has his own worst critic. Honestly, you know, the man is obsessed with being a football manager. He's not just a manager by job title. He's obsessed with football, and I genuinely mean that. You know, i played under some managers who who get there at 10 and they leave at 2 o'clock. This man is obsessed by football. Honestly, I remember at Burnley, and, and one day, you know, I was living next to, um, not too far from him, and he called me about <coughs> half past 8, 9 o'clock. He said, can you come and meet me at the Marriott Hotel? And he just wants to speak to me about, you know, certain tactics. And, and I'm thinking... It was a Tuesday night, you know, I think I just want to chill in my house. i got tomorrow off and he's calling, can you come and meet me? I don't think I left there till 11 o'clock. The man is obsessed by football. He really, really is. And don't get me wrong, I don't think anything can prepare you for the pressure that you're going to feel at Rangers or Celtic. But as a manager and, you know, as as someone who's so thorough and, you know, a lover of the game, you know, I really do think he's a great fit for the football club. And if he does come in, as I said, I'm not sure... If he is or not, you know, I'm reading the same things as you guys, but can he deal with it? 100%. Will he make Celtic better? 100%.
4: Would you like to be part of that if he offered you? Although I know you're still under contract for another year, but Marvin, you speak with such insight about him and he's calling you the gaffer at half eight at night to come out and talk about you know four at the back or three or whatever
5: yeah my all I'm worried about is a week wednesday playing against rangers anything after that you know i'm i'm, I'm not sure about i'm just trying to get this season out of the way finish as high as you possibly can and you said yeah. i got another year at Livingston, yep. so yeah, I haven't, I haven't spoken to Eddie for a long, long time. No, of course,
4: <laughs> and you still want to keep speaking to David Martindale, the uh, and what a season it's been for Livy and uh, we, we would never downplay that, that your, your role there.
6: As, as long as self, as long as Eddie Howe's willing to meet the three million release clause, <laughs> Marvin's contract, then he can go. Marvin is
4: now just he's in the car park already. He's revving up the uh, the roller. <laughs> Reagan, uh, not a lot to laugh about but I know some Celtic fans were saying do you know what, 4-1 was the kind of scoreline that is hard to take but it just shows you the, the the John Kennedy it's not an era but that period is now going to be over in a few weeks and it is now clear the decks for next year. Is that how you feel? I
8: mean Paul well, it's, a, it's, a, it's going to be a big a big, a big turnaround but I think he's, a, he's the right man the, old, the, old, the, old, the old. Turn the fans to get, to buy to buy a season tickets and 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 be part of this Celtic family again because I think this the 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 support have not really been behind the, the team this year because of the not the, not getting support from the board or new winning the one thing new winning gone. But I think anyhow will bring that support back with the fans and to the club. Yeah. It's a
6: yeah. great point. And, you know, and, and you're spot on because you're, you know, you can't uh, underplay the significance of the Celtic supporters and, and, and I don't mean emotionally and being there on a Saturday which is obviously important but financially there's 30 million quid riding on the Celtic supporters buying into the new manager whether it's Eddie Howe or somebody else 30 million pounds that's why the Celtic board have got to get it right the new manager's got to appeal the season ticket holder who, right now, I'm sure every single one of them is absolutely disillusioned with a football club. But if it's Eddie Howe or whoever it may be, it's a 30 million pounds appointment, Paul. It's massive. But will he not sign up anyway for next season? Be- I don't think you can take them for granted. Mm. You know, I think Eddie Howe stimulates the Celtic mm. fans, the ones that you talk to, and you just listen to Marvin here the last 15 minutes. But can't take the Celtic supporters for granted. A lot of them, Paul, I think you know, I've just I've had enough and they need to be freshened up, they need to be excited about something, and if Eddie housing a man, whoever it may be, 30 million quid riding on it,
4: and with John Kennedy, I just mean his position in the dugout. Surely that will go be over. And everyone says what a great coach he is and what he can bring to a football club. It maybe it's time for him to move on. But there's also reports over the weekend that he will be part of the uh, the football structure, maybe director of football or whatever. Could you see that working, Marvin? Or is it time for change?
5: Well, as you said, you know, from what I know of John Kennedy, he is a, a fantastic coach. Um, I think he's been put in a very, very difficult position. Yeah. You know, he's taken over a job that, you know, the transfer window's closed, you've got, you know, are already a long, long way behind Rangers. The confidence is extremely low. Um, you know, he's kind of on a hide into nothing. But I think so I think he needs to be given some credit for standing up and saying, do you know what, I will take the reins here. Because he could have quite easily said, do you know what, Neil Lennon's leaving, I'm gonna leave as well. And because I don't want to take this because I can't, I can't close the gap on Rangers. Instead, you know, he's still on the touchline, he's obviously taken training. Um, and he's tried to do as best as he possibly can. It's very, very difficult, you know, when, as I said, the players lose confidence and You know, they've gone from kind of the Brendan Rodgers way to the Neil Lennon way, which is a huge change. And it looks like he's trying to change them back again to the Brendan Rodgers way. And you saw, you know, in glimpses against us, you know, Celtic were absolutely fantastic. Now, don't get me wrong. They should be beating Livingston every day of the week, but they haven't been doing that this season. Um, You know, they beat us 6-0 and they were breathtaking. They really, really were. And at times you thought, wow, this is the same team that I saw when Brendan Rodgers was here. Don't get me wrong, again, against Rangers at the weekend, they weren't good enough, but I don't think it's fair to pin all that on John Kennedy because he's trying to do the best he possibly can with a group of players that he's kind of been stuck with. If you said to him, you know, you can have a transfer window and you can get rid of these players and bring players in, I'm pretty sure he'd make a lot of changes. Um, but yeah, I, I believe he can, he can work within the club. You know, if he's happy to stay as a coach or to step up and be director of football or whatever it might be, I think he, you know, Celtic are in his DNA and he, he won't want to leave the club lightly. Regan?
8: We're able to ask Marvin one question. I would just see, see uh, Ryan Hedges, the player we have Yeah, he scored. He scored at the weekend. I just think he's a great player. I just think he would fit in at uh, Celtic. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, that's a great question. No, Ryan Hedges is a fantastic player. You know, I played with Ryan uh, down in England. He came on loan from Swansea to Leighton Orient and he's developed as a player now. You know, obviously he had a shoulder injury and he he came back and he scored at the weekend. But whenever I played against Ryan up here, he's been absolutely fantastic. And he reminds me almost like the Ryan Christie mould, you know, the way he does play. And, you know, there's been talks of obviously Ryan Christie maybe leaving the club because his contract is up at the end of next season. Also, is Ryan Hedges a good replacement? I believe so. I believe he's one of those players that still has development in him. Um, you know, I believe he's a direct winger. He's, he's very, very good on the ball. And could he fit into the Celtic way 100%?
4: Took his goal well. I think he was injured again on Saturday. Reagan, some great calls. Great calling, some great points there. Thanks a lot for calling. Cheers, Reagan. Thank you.
3: The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.
4: 8 17 17 700 some great conversation there with Mark Guidi, Marvin Bartley and we heard from Reagan we heard from Sean Sean absolutely delighted Nacho is uh, that's the dog is uh, improving after not feeling so well yesterday but he's pleased with the Rangers 4-1 win over Celtic and Reagan asking about what goes happens now for Celtic what do you think 08-08-17-17-700 social media silent until midnight and we're off it as well on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited Committed. Marvin uh, there've been lots happening over the weekend do you think it is making a difference that people are taking a stand and it, it's it, it's really prominent to try and root out racism
5: yeah I, th- I think it definitely is making a difference and if it's doing anything it's it's creating conversation um you know it's, it's sparking debate the whole thing that around taking the knee um and, and i believe it's working hopefully social media companies will realize that you know the, the people we are their social media platforms you know without us on there there's, there is no social media so hopefully they realise that you know they need to do something about it now. I think for far too long they've they've sat with their uh, their hands underneath their, their underneath their legs and they've not done anything about it. Uh, it's been hugely disappointing of all the things they've allowed to to go on on their social media platforms. But you know time for change is now. If they won't do it, then it's time for the government to step in. Also, you know they can't be uh, left alone in all of this. They need to come out and and protect the people. You know when it's time for voting, we always hear you know we're here for the people. Well come out and protect the people because you know it's not just about you know people of, of of color or you know whatever your sexuality is or whatever your religion mm-hmm. is it's people against discriminative, uh, abusive messages that we're receiving online that people are getting online you know nobody goes online to be abused yep. um you know it's extremely hurtful and it's it's not the world we want to live in you know there's only a small minority of people who do send these messages you know and and thankfully it is that way but you need to kind of you know, say to these people this isn't acceptable when you will be held accountable for your messages
4: and i think everyone gasped when they read you On Friday, and we heard you on the programme saying somebody not could, somebody will take their own life because of the abuse they're receiving online.
5: Of course, they will. You know, it's already been a very, very difficult year mentally. You know, we always hear about people's mental health and everything else. One of these messages is going to send somebody over the edge. And, you know, I was very open and honest in an Mm. interview I did. I spoke to a young player who didn't know where to turn. You know, luckily enough for me, I have, as I always say, a great Mm. support around me. Um, But not everyone has that, you know, and I would hate to have known what he would have potentially done. You know, had he not had people to speak to and you no know, certain numbers to call, because it's already difficult being a professional footballer. And you know, as already said, I don't want the violins out because we have a really privileged job, it's something we've been allowed to do during a pandemic. So for our own mental health, it's it's been a real help. But these messages, I'm I'm telling you now, you know, it's it's not it's not if it's when. You know, somebody will take their own life if these things are allowed to continue.
4: Mark, it's courageous uh, what Marvin was saying, but also really harrowing. So, we, and and I love the fact you're saying it's all discrimination. Just just be mm. kind, be decent with each other, be fiercely competitive in football. Of course we are. You know, you can be blue, green, or whatever yeah. you're an Aberdeen or you know, tangerina, whatever club you support, but respect each other and respect the different point of view.
6: Yeah, it's just always about raising awareness, banging the drum, and I think one thing that we've all um, picked up. Um, you know, in light of like, taking the knee thing, it's not going away now no. yeah. I, I, I think that everybody is bought in I agree the government could be doing more I agree with that 100% because ultimately they could really you know, bring in sanctions oh, um, of course. but it's, it's it's heading in the right direction but there is a long way to go in all forms as Marvin said kill your skin sexuality yeah. religion there's a long long way to go and there's far too many uh, people out there that, that just lack human decency um, but as long as I'm raising awareness that we can try and find the people and um, the culprits then we'll head in the right direction but we are we are getting there Yeah. but uh, there's a lot we got and I watched I don't know if you watched um, was it Ian Wright with Alan Shearer the other day as well and, and Ian Wright was showing it to what he wakes up on a daily basis and you could tell Alan Shearer was was gobsmacked they, they, they weren't they playing the part in television that was a yeah. proper mm. you sit down you saying you know what it's hard to fathom, yep. Paul, why people do it, you know, to identify with someone who's because of the colour of their skin. They just feel that it's okay to, to target them. It's quite frightening. But we've had it in
4: Scotland for a long time on bigotry, religious yep. bigotry. Yep. And, you know, they don't go to church or whatever, you know, but they, 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 they hide behind certain colours, you know, and it's just wrong. So, yeah, let's hope that this makes a difference, yep. but... It's not going to stop it completely. Yeah, it's not going to
5: eradicate it as the it? fight continues. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Good.
4: Okay, Marvin, Mark, thank you for that. Let's go back on to the length. Let's hear from Stephen Gerrard. 4 1 win yesterday against Celtic. This was the manager afterwards. Yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased with the performance. These derby games
1: are about big moments. You prepare for them and you do whatever you can to make sure that the big moments go your way. We, we started the game really well. You know, we picked a real aggressive and bold shape today and we wanted to really go for Celtic's throat and we done that and took the lead Alfredo scores a fantastic second and when that was happening there was obviously a big moment as well uh, in terms of uh, the red card but it, it was the right call so we've worked extremely hard for this victory uh, from start to finish and we certainly deserved uh, the three points which are important to us
4: Go Radio Football Show Craig is on the line of Rangers fan Craig good evening
9: good evening to Paul Mars and to Mark how you doing
4: yeah we're good, good mate. what about you you must be happy uh,
9: I'm delighted delighted. Um, You know a, a Thoroughly Terrific result I thought um, You know For the first time In the last couple I think we were The better team On the day um, You know I've read some match reports That talk about Celtic being wasteful Yet again and all that You know That isn't the story of yesterday. The story is We were the better team um, And we proved um, Not that we had to Because it was already proven But um, Just in case there was Any lingering doubts We proved Absolutely we were the best team In, in the country um, This season And I think You know, I know I heard John Kennedy bemoaning the red card. Look, the first booking, it may be of the soft variety, but I guarantee you, you will see 20 or 30 bookings a season for similar type challenges, if not that exact kind of challenge. It's just the way the game is. Some referees won't book you, some will, but it is the referee's prerogative. And as far as I'm concerned, it was a yellow card. And the second one... You know, there's nobody to blame for the red card that Callum McGregor he flew in. So I don't understand why there's any complaint about it. Um, but that aside, you know, although that has an effect in the game, um, we did score the first goal, eleven v eleven, because I still think we started, you know, a wee bit score, But I still think we started better. So I had to get the chance of El well, you know, and it was a good save. I don't dispute that. But you know, I didn't at any point in that game feel before or after the red card, we were in any danger of losing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Even before kickoff, kind off I didn't feel Celtic were going to be capable of coming and beating us uh, mm-hmm. because I was confident that we'd get a response after the disappointment mm-hmm. last weekend.
4: And we did. Yep. Um, it looked like a game that was going to have loads of goals and maybe 11-11 that could have been uh, more even. But Rangers managed the game really, really well and, and Celtic didn't but the ordering off well we spoke about it earlier Craig I don't think anyone's really disagreeing with you on that the letter of the law although I know some people are saying under the rules if you get the advantage at the second one then you shouldn't mm. then penalise the player so you get the advantage of the game continuing in the same passage of play and you got the goal and there is an argument about that I don't know the answer yeah. but unless people, it's a reckless yeah.
9: challenge though unless it's yeah. a reckless challenge in which case it can be and I think it was reckless because he did fly in you know full belt Um, and he can't claim he didn't see Glenn Kamara because he did Mm. he flew in and he took him out so
4: was it
6: reckless I don't don't think it was reckless no it wasn't a reckless tackle for me it's a booking but a booking doesn't mean it's reckless Marvin you'll correct me if I'm wrong Um, you know you you're at the heart midfield in the engine room week in week out so I don't think it's reckless I I agree with you Craig that it was for me two bookings um, and a red card but I don't think that either of the challenges uh, were reckless and you're right as well Nick Walsh chose to give two yellows other rests might not have given any yellows, might have given one, might have given the same as Nick Walsh and, and produced the red card. But I thought it was two yellow uh, cards, but um, no, I don't think either tackle was reckless. To say it's reckless, you're, you're, you're pushing... Uh, you're, would it have
4: changed the game if it had been 11 against 11, Mark? Well, I guess that's so, you imagine You think, would imagine
6: yeah. it could sell to when, it was, when they were a man down. So it certainly would have had a... A better chance of, of, of doing something, but but they didn't, you know, and they still created chances. They missed a couple, uh, and again, you know, you look at Alan McGregor, the importance of having a quality goalkeeper. And I have to say, Craig, I don't know if you agree, but I thought that Steve Davis was outstanding. One tackle in particular, just the timing of it, um, in the tracked first back. half down here yeah, when he yep. when, when he's tracked back and just his his overall command of the play, he just, he, he just he dictates the flow for Rangers, keeps it nice and simple, reads the game ever so well, and he's got the complete trust of every teammate, and that's so important too. Mm. Marvin? Absolutely. Yep. Steve Davis
9: is a phenomenal player.
6: Yeah,
9: um, just... He's done well.
6: Sorry. Game. He's one of your best
5: signings. Yeah, Marvin? Yeah, no, I thought he was fantastic yesterday and, and that's kind of summarises Rangers as a football club at this moment in time. I think he's 35 or 36 years of age. Mm. You know, you've won the league already and you're running back to make a tackle like that. You know, he's running past... You know, people are a lot, lot younger than him. Just, just to do that, and that just shows, you know, that he's setting the standards week in, week out for the rest of the boys. You know, if I can do it out there, then you can do it. It's kind of one of those things. But he's been absolutely brilliant for for Rangers, and I'm just interested, Craig. When's the last time you had this confidence? You know, going into a season or going into a game against Celtic, thinking, you know, we are going to win it. Is it just been this season, or is it something you felt before? Because obviously, Rangers uh, Celtic have been um, dominant rather.
9: Uh, not in a bit. 11 years I'd say Not since Walter Smith Was in the dugout um, And you know We are getting out Obviously You were kind of even at, at the time There was Back and forward But you know This season Particularly the last couple of games um, And at Ibrox I didn't fear Playing Celtic At all Because I felt as if Most of the pressure In those games Has been on Celtic You know, We've won The last, the last three games Have been played We've already won the league So the pressure Has been on Celtic To try and stop us Being un, undefeated And try and end Their duct Has not been able to win against us this season which is why obviously a lot of the stuff has heavily been predicated on missed chances in Celtic so that's why I just felt you know what they can't have shown this season they've not been capable of dealing with that pressure Um, so I didn't feel worried in the slightest that we would lose any of the games Craig
4: thanks for calling can you believe it's six already here's the news thanks Craig
0: I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result, and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps, and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.
3: The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Thanks
4: for making the switch to Go Radio, Glasgow's newest radio station. And over 600,000 people have downloaded and listened to the show. So it's great, it's rising and rising. And thanks for joining us throughout the season. We'll be with you all the way. And then the Euros before we know it. Marv, will you be doing some media work as well?
5: No, I'll be be chilling watching the Euros, I think. Think Um, Yeah, yeah, we'll be following uh, Scotland and England. Yeah,
4: excellent. Good. I know. Yeah, yeah. Allegiance to both, of course. But uh, Marvin, it's been what a season it's been for you at Livingston. Two games to go and you'll be looking to to get some points.
5: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Hopefully finish in fifth place. You know, that'll be a fantastic season for us. And, you know, if Hibs were to go on to win the Scottish Cup, then that would put us into Europe. So, you know, that's, that's the hope. Obviously, we're in sixth place at this moment in time with... Uh, Rangers and St Johnson to go but they've obviously got uh, Celtic and, and then us so I think the last game will be uh, massively important and you know if we can pick up something against Rangers then fantastic but we must beat St Johnson
4: And Mark Weedy I wonder who's going to come third because Hibbs slipping up at the weekend Aberdeen winning against Livy there's only three points in it
6: Yeah I was at uh St Johnson on on Saturday uh, deserved victory for St Johnson so yeah Aberdeen you know, bouncing back from that cup defeated in D United, even the manner in which they lost, it could have been could have been five or six now. So a good character from the Aberdeen players. Uh, um, I think Hedges as well um is important coming back here as a quality player. Uh, so look, you would still fancy Hibs to, to to finish in third. I think you would, um, because Aberdeen have to go to Ibrooks in the last day of the season, but you just, you just never know. It's just good, again, to see that bit of competition get into the last couple of games.
4: This weekend, of course, dominated yesterday by Rangers against Celtic. Rangers 4-1 winners. Afterwards, Stephen Gerrard speaking about the next steps and recruitment. i been around the game
1: long enough, even though I'm an inexperienced manager, if you like to know that, you can't stand still. We've got to still identify areas of our group and our team where we can help them, where we can get stronger, because we're not the finished team. Uh, We're not the finished article. Just because we've been fantastic in in one league campaign and again we've been impressive in Europe, there's still areas and more consistency that we need to strive for. So it's my job and Ross's job uh, and the scouting network to identify players that can come and help this group.
4: In the other tunnel afterwards, John Kennedy spoke
2: about the red card. I think it's a bad decision. Not the second one, the red card, because he's on a yellow and he makes a tackle on the ground. But... Asked the referee for clarity at half-time, why did you book him in the first before that? Why did you give him a yellow card? And his words to me, exactly where it was a reckless challenge. It wasn't reckless, I've seen it. It wasn't reckless. He's never even went to the ground. There was no malice, there was no intent in the tackle in terms of any sort of power behind it. So I think, again, big game for a, a young official, you know, who doesn't have a lot of experience and he, and he makes a very harsh call, which then costs us in the end.
4: Let's go back in the lines. Mark is on, a Celtic fan. Mark, good evening. Good
10: evening, guys. How you doing?
4: Yeah, we're fine, thanks, Mark. What about yourself? You be well? Were you disappointed? Were you surprised that Celtic lost uh, so heavily, four-one?
10: Um, yeah, I was surprised at the result, but um, I think I think once we went down to ten men, it was always going to be a difficult um, a difficult one, and I think we we didn't just sit and pinch it up short. You know, we we actually tried to take the game to them, even into ten men maybe hope for a repeat of the time we went to one down to 10 men and one the game 3-2 but obviously it didn't happen but prior to the game I wouldn't have thought we'd have lost 4-1 but you know when you get into 10 men anything like that can happen mm-hmm.
4: and uh, we've been banging on about it no sign of Lee Griffiths at all is that it over for him now do you think?
10: Um, it probably depends on what the new manager sees in him if, 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 the, if the chance comes along I mean I'd, I don't know when his contract expires but um
6: uh, I think it would probably be a bit hasty to get him out the door before he, someone else got the chance to maybe have a look at him. Mark But no, I think he's... Um, Celtic have got an option on him, Mark. I think I think he's possibly got a year to go but it's only if Celtic decide to, to trigger that option. And I think with Lee Griffiths, uh, I don't think well, whoever the new the new manager is going to be, you do your homework on Lee Griffiths, you'll see that he's a player of, of great ability, a really, really good goal scorer. Um... But it's a trust issue It's a trust issue There's a professionalism issue And that's what it will come down to It won't be about his ability But if you're going to be a part of Celtic next season Bearing in mind what has to be done You have to have pretty much the complete package There can't be passengers There can't be players in there That, he, that potentially might let you down um, But if Lee Griffiths can have a conversation With the new manager Look him in the eye And the new manager feels Okay I've got this guy on side um, But he might just think no, He's already had one chance too many um, so it'll, it'll be a big decision it'll be an interesting one to see how the new manager um, handles it because I would imagine that whether the, the one year extension gets triggered will be the new manager's call
4: Mark what's on your mind about the game yesterday anything to take from it?
10: Well uh, just just uh, what to take from it is the massive rebuilding job that's ahead but just to, to pick up on the whole Lee Griffiths thing just for a second yeah. um, thinking about uh, you know when you look at a player and decide what factors there are and whether or not you keep the guy and obviously you're talking about attitude and stuff like that but you also have to look at what else we've got you know. and unfortunately that's going to be a, a, maybe a point we have to look at if Fedward if, if goes which it looks as if he may um, then you're left with Ageti and Griffiths so I don't think Ageti showed us anything that, that he's he's got the He's got the same ability as Griffiths, you know. So that, so that's a potential problem. But one of the things I took from yesterday's game, as I do from every Rangers game this season, has been how good Alan McGregor's been. And um, and I'm just wondering if you guys can can um, shed some light on what goes on behind the scene at the Scotland setup. Now, when a player retires from international football, obviously you've seen it with like Alex and guys like that coming back. It was Scott Brown yeah. coming back out of retirement to do a turn. Uh, for like a big tournament, for example, when you're not getting called up to travel all over the world at various yeah. times of the year, this is just a kind of set tournament. But do you think do you think anyone would be making the call to McGregor to say, "Do you not fancy coming back?"
6: Because good
10: yeah. It could be the difference between. I, I think David Marshall's a good goalie. Um, Craig Gordon's a good goalie. Celtic made a, a massive mistake letting him go, uh, at the beginning of the year, as it's turned out. But um, I think McGregor's a step up from the pair of them, and I know that. Um, there's the argument to say, you know, you want to put faith in the guys that have got you there. But at the same time, when you get to the tournament, you want mm. to give a good account of yourself. And I think McGregor should be approached and asked if he wants to play.
4: Marvin Bartley?
5: Yeah, I, I think if Steve Clark hasn't done it, I think he he will be doing it, definitely. I think this season, Alan McGregor has been absolutely fantastic. And as you said, you know, if you could pick any Scottish goalkeeper, he'd be the number one. So I think that they will be trying. Um, will he come back and, you know, possibly play in a tournament? I, I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's sometimes difficult for players, you know, Yes, it's a huge tournament. Yes, it's the uh, first time in a long time that Scotland have qualified. But the other boys have kind of got got them there. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like you're just jumping on the, the kind of the last stop just to go, you know, I'm going to the Euros with the with the squad? I think there's a lot to be said for that. I think it's a very, very difficult decision if, you know, Steve Clack was to come and speak to Alan McGregor and say, you know, I want you to go, but it's also a difficult one for Alan McGregor to say, yes, I, I do want to do it. Um but you know, if I'm the manager of, of Scotland, I'm definitely going to ask him the question. If I'm Alan McGregor. I don't think you know me personally. I don't think I I would do it because I just would don't think it's right. You know, I don't think it's right for me to come back and, you know, take the number one jersey for the Euros because no point taking him to be number two or number three. You know, he's going in there to play. Um, I just think it's a it's a difficult situation for him. So, so I, I think you, know you as well
6: that if he does if he did get asked and he says yes, he's taking his teammates place because John is the mm-hmm. third goalkeeper. So John McLaughlin would effectively miss out, mm-hmm. even though McGregor would only go as Marvin mm-hmm. says if it's going to be number one. But um yeah, you would love to see Alan McGregor there for sure, but I don't think it will happen. I, I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't put anything on it happening at all. Mark, back to you. No, I, I don't yeah. think
10: it will happen either. But I just, I just was wondering about the mindset oh. about you know what. And surely Alan, Alan McGregor will have all the confidence in the world, and mm-hmm. he'll know that he's better than those guys. Yeah. He'll know that. And it's just whether or not you could convince him. You know, you're better than them. So why don't you go along and do your country a turn and actually? Actually play
4: Exactly It's a strong point
10: You can talk about about Upsetting team harmony And all that But at the end of the day We're there to try and Give as good account Of ourselves as we can And and it's amazing When you look back In the history of Scotland I I mean it possibly Extends further But in my memory You've got um, The SFA Falling out With Duncan Ferguson You've got um, Craig Levine Falling out With Stephen Fletcher We've got Guys like uh, McGregor retiring We seem to shoot ourselves In the foot And we've never really Got a best team available Because Mm of just crazy sets of circumstances that, that we've heads, you know, It just is, mm-hmm. it's just so disappointing that we, we just never seem to have our best. Uh, and also, uh, not just that, but selection, you know, like you go, you look back and when Griffiths finished the, the campaign a couple of seasons ago really strongly, he missed out the first half of that because he wasn't getting picked. We just sometimes seem to not pick our best players. You look at Chris Abeluma coming off the bench um, and missing that sitter when Chris Boyd should have been on the park. There's so many yeah. mistakes in selection and it's just... You just want to give the
5: best, best of yourself as you can. Marv? Yeah, I agree with you, Mark, about Alan McGregor being the number one. I don't think it's a, a situation you have to convince him that he's the best goalkeeper because I think all goalkeepers have that kind of arrogance about themselves that they all think they're the best. Um, so I don't think it'd be a, a fact that you have to convince him. I just don't think it will sit right with taking somebody else out of the squad who's maybe done all the travelling for all the qualifiers and you get into the Euros because there's a lot to be said for squad harmony. You know, it's not always the, the best 11 that, that win games. There's a lot to be said for the you know, how squads get on and how, how they are. I think that you upset a lot of players by thinking, well, hang on a minute, these three goalkeepers or whatever goalkeepers left out, you know, they've actually got us here. They've helped to get us here. And now the manager at the last, you know, hurdle said, actually, we're going to take you out and put somebody else in. I just don't think it would do... It would be It will be good for the Scotland squad. I just, I, I really don't think it would a lot of people won't think it's fair. You know, if I'm a player within there and I've got my place in the squad and somebody else who's replaced with you know, a friend or just a teammate is replaced in the squad by somebody else who hasn't done the travelling, who hasn't done the hard yards, you know, flying to different countries and then coming back and playing for your club teams, I would be upset by that. And I would probably go to the manager as a captain and say, well, you know, I don't think that's right. I just don't think that Scotland can afford for anything just to you know, let's do our talking on the pitch, or let's Scotland do that talking on the pitch. Let's not do something that could, you know, effectively disrupt the harmony before we even get to the Euros. But John McLaughlin
4: probably won't play. He's young, he's got time in his side. And look at, you know, Barry Ferguson, just a few years older than Alan McGregor. They came up together at Rangers. And Barry didn't ever play in a major tournament. Alan McGregor won't get a chance again we might not get a chance for a while Scotland probably needs Alan McGregor I I take your point there about the harmony John McLaughlin probably won't play if Alan McGregor comes in you make a great point he will
5: play yeah, yeah, he, he will play and go to number one. But as you say, John might not play, but he's still expected to travel to the Euros. Sure. You know, he's still got it in it. his sure. heart that I'm going to travel to the Euros because he's travelled everywhere. Yeah. He's done all the travelling. Mm-hmm. So why, you know, why would he then say after this tournament when Alan McGregor retires again actually I'll make myself available for Scotland? Mm-hmm. Why should he? Why should David Marshall? Because your country. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's like, hard, But you, then your country needs to repay you as well. It can't only be one way. You, know, you yeah. can't only expect players to be loyal to their country, but you're not loyal to them. That's not the way. It, it can't work that way. It's also as well. I think there's two parts to it.
6: Alan McGregor retired from international football. Yeah. So I think if there's going to be any move at all, and I don't think there will be, um the first move would have to come from Alan McGregor to go to go and through a third party mate approach to Steve Clark. Sure. And and secondly, if Steve, let's see it's the other way around and Steve Clark or somebody from the Scotland's um management team approaches Alan McGregor and he says no again and it gets into the public domain. Well, that makes it. But that's where Marvin's point mm-hmm, com, yep. com, really comes into play with the, with the other goalkeepers. And so like, I think, in an ideal world, Alan McGregor would be there for sure because you want your best players. But if he wants to be there, if he's had a change of heart, it's up to him, I think, to make the first move.
4: Steve Clark was there yesterday. It's a great point you make, Mark, and it's uh, really interesting. And I'm listening to everything you're saying. I know what you mean. You don't you don't win the tournament. You don't win matches with just 11. It's a squad you need. I can see the effect it would have. But I was just thinking about it there, Mark. You bring up a good point. He's the best goalkeeper in the country. And this would be his last chance to to do something again for Scotland. Mark, what about your, your own Team Celtic for next season? We went half an hour without mentioning uh, Eddie Howe. But, uh, you know, the mood music seems to be that it's apparently gonna be uh, it sounds as though he is coming. Any information, any thoughts on it?
10: Um, well obviously I get the same WhatsApp that about hundred thousand Celtic fans were <laughs> just yesterday maybe yeah. how's on his way, but I think there's been there's been a million of those messages and just people on Fair. the wind up obviously. So yeah. I'll I'll just I'll just be patient and wait for, mm. for that to happen if it doesn't and, and he's certainly someone that I think would be would be an ideal fit for the club. Um I just I just is that the, the rebuilding jobs is frightening to be honest. Um you look at some of the guys out in that park yesterday and and like the guy I mean I, I d I don't want to criticise individuals but like John Joe Kenny, um the the oh god his name now escapes me the boy at left back um
4: Greg Taylor.
10: Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. Sorry Greg Taylor, I beg your pardon. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean uh, you've, you've got Taylor playing In the position that we had Tierney playing in Two seasons ago sure. you, You've yep. gone from The strongest guy in the team To potentially the weakest mm-hmm. Kenny um, yeah. Kenny to me Looks like a guy That's been signed On the basis That he belongs To a premiership football team In England yeah. um, He doesn't seem to have mm-hmm. The ability um, He doesn't seem to have I mean Celtic are playing A formation that requires Very, very good Strong attacking fullbacks yeah. that, mm-hmm. that we simply don't have You know Uh I don't think the formation helped, um, but the rebuilding job's massive. Ayer looks. Ayer's, Ayer's a guy that when you see him play, um, he's obviously got great capability coming out from the back with the ball, um, which makes you think. Sometimes he's not so good in defence, which makes you think: mm. should they be, should they be playing right back? Should they be playing midfield? Are we going to even keep him? Edward, Are we going to keep him? I mean. The, the rebuilding job to replace sure. the guys that are there that aren't good enough is huge, never mind who are potentially going to leave. So I just I just hope he's, Eddie Howe is not, not just good at picking a player, but he's good mm-hmm. at picking up a squad that are going to be completely bereft of confidence. Yep. And I just hope he just gets mm-hmm. us up for it because he's going to have to do the rebuilding job over a season and a half or so.
5: Mm-hmm. Marv? Mark, just quickly, you personally, uh, being a Celtic fan, are you are you getting a season ticket again next season? Is that dependent on the manager coming in, or would you be happy to renew without knowing who the manager is going to be? Because I've obviously heard a lot and seen a lot of Celtic fans saying, "Oh, they're not you know part with their money unless they know who the manager is." Where do you stand on that?
10: Um, no, I would rather I would <laughs> I would rather keep my powder dry yeah. and, and and wait and see what develops because you know you want you want to be. You want to see that your money is getting well spent and, and it's getting invested wisely, and you're not just blindly putting your hand in your pocket every year after year after year. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, the, we, we, we've, we, that that's happened up till now, and it's been, I think, some of this, especially this last season, where everyone's put their hand in their pocket um, and not even been able to enter the stadium. Yeah, and we've, yeah. had, we've had some terrible decisions um, about recruitment. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's just absolutely destroyed us this year. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole the whole going to Dubai debacle and all that, you know, it's just it's been it's been an absolute farce. So I don't think the club um I don't think the board deserves mm-hmm. every fan to just blindly put their hand in their pocket. They mm-hmm. need to see some positive action.
6: Yeah, you're absolutely right, Matt. The, the the Celtic board can't take the Celtic fans for granted. And I think the way you're speaking there, you're spot on and I'm sure that's the mood of most um Celtic supporters. I said on Friday night, it was a collective collapse at the football club from last summer. Um, some really poor decisions um, made, and, and, and as I've said many times, the way the the, the club treated the whole goalkeeping situation with Fraser Forster and Craig Gordon, for me that was a sign of complacency and, and a sign that they were pretty much taking ten in a row for granted because of the way the season finished pre-Covid. Celtic were flying and Rangers collapsed, and uh, it was it was taken for granted, and it's backfired spectacularly. And when you look at the Celtic team now; you're right, you're John Joe Kenny's and stuff. A couple of years ago Celtic had Mikael Lustig and Kieran Tierney they ended they Frangpong not upgraded at all and if you look at the Celtic team I always measure it by do you have the best player in every position that you could possibly get? Realistically Celtic had that under Brendan Rodgers pretty much okay they missed out in guys like John McGinn which was a shocker um, but you look at the Celtic team now do they have the best players there realistically that, that they should have for every position? Nowhere near it the Rangers have the best players that they could possibly get for most positions yeah they do they do from the goalkeeper right out but Celtic are miles and miles short and see, it's, it's a massive rebuilding job for the new manager Mark thanks for calling in 0808
4: 08, 17, 17 700 our producer James uh, gave us a list of all the Celtic players and how many of them would be away for next season probably Barkas uh, Duffy for sure Scott Brown going to Aberdeen Lee Griffiths question mark a Yeti question mark although he's got a long contract Uh, John Joe Kenny back to Everton Ryan Christie question mark the contract uh, is up soon Tom Rojic is he staying or is he going he was almost away last summer Uh, Edouard people expect him to go El Yonoussi on loan from Southampton Uh, Ayer watched yesterday by Newcastle Callum McGregor and they were talking about him as the next captain but reports from England they're watching him again he's wanted south of the border that's the latest news and uh, Laxal surely going back to AC Milan huge number of players there uh, and where's the rebuild is it around Turnbull Sorrow came on late yesterday and uh, they obviously needed, you go right through the team I've, but, I don't but, remember as that, many ever it, in the it, one it's season it's
6: Mar's position with the greatest respect to young Sorrow and he is a young player yeah. but is he really the central midfielder that's going to help you win a title not for me Okay, going to take a quick break
4: and then we're going to answer that and hear more on the weekend when Rangers are won 4-1
3: the Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live, weeknights from five.
4: Go Radio Football Show, it's the Monday evening edition. Barry Ferguson would normally be with us, but he'll be uh, going on the bus now anytime. The former Rangers Scotland, Blackburn Rovers, Birmingham City, Blackpool. But he's the manager of Kelty Hearts, as we all know. And they're on the way at seven o'clock. They'll be going in the coach. Couple of coaches going up to Broera Rangers, so he's going from Glasgow to Edinburgh, Edinburgh to Fife, and then all the way up to Broera for the playoff tomorrow night. Uh, the first one against Brora for Kelty Hearts. It's gone on and on. The game should have been played at the weekend, Mark. We were putting pressure on, and eventually they were told they can play. But they're part-time players, so they'll they'll get there tonight at midnight. They'll play tomorrow night, and they're not the favourites. And then they have to come back down and all the players back at work again on Wednesday.
6: Yeah, the, the circumstances are far from ideal, but the only thing I'd say is, Paul, at least we're having a playoff. <laughs> on. Because I thought a couple of weeks ago that, that that Kelty and Brora were going to be shafted. I thought they were going to try and do away uh, with the pyramid uh, playoffs to allow a pathway um, into League Two. But at least we'll, we'll, we've got something, so we should be thankful uh, for that. And I think it'll be a cracking mm. uh, uh, tie over the, the two legs. Probably Brora, slight favourites, probably 60 40. I'm um, going over the piece, but it's just good that we're going to see um, the pyramid in action this season after what happened last season.
4: I hear you. You're slapping me down there. Get put the violin away is what you were saying. I was giving it a bit <laughs> dewy idea about Barney Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, he loves his football, though, Marfy. Because as he left the studio yesterday, as you know, he was on with Davy Proven and myself for the All match, and uh, we were just talking about the arrangements. And he's chosen the meals and everything so he and the general manager the, the work you do in football that people don't see is massive
5: no exactly it's fantastic and, and Barry played at the top of the game as well so you know to see him get excited about you know, no respect to the two teams but like yeah. lower level football is absolutely brilliant um, you know I, I genuinely wish them all the best obviously like you said it's going to be a difficult tie over the two legs but you know Barry's obviously confident in his, in his team He sent a few boys out on loan that I'm sure they've got back now for, for these two games so you know they've managed to get some football into them and, and they are a very very good team you know, I think it's, it's one of those that go up there and try and get a draw and then come back to their place and, and, and hope to win it. So, yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant to have Barry Ferguson managing at that level. You know, I'm sure there'll be players on both teams that we're looking across thinking it's crazy to have Barry Ferguson on the sides, but you know, hopefully a team gets to win. Yep, we'll keep you up to date
4: with that uh, he'll be back on Wednesday night in the programme and after it yesterday we were home listening to Shaban here on Go, and also looking forward to Man United against Liverpool but of course it didn't happen Mark what did you make of it there's a wind of change out yeah. there the fans are not happy we obviously didn't want to see any violence against the police mm-hmm. and a couple of police uh, officers were injured you yeah know, flame uh, thrown etc but it was a massive outpouring wasn't it at Old Trafford
6: it, it was I was settling down watched the old fun game on, on, on Sky then you're, you know you're way, you've got Newcastle Arsenal and then you're waiting mm. for uh, Liverpool Man U. I love listening to Graham Souness and Roy Keane and Mika mm. Richards no, they're, they're brilliant together and you've got Gary Neville and Jamie Carrick and once again um, I thought Gary Neville's address to, to the whole situation was spot on You know, I mean, he should be the chief exec at, yeah. at Man United or the, the chief exec of the English FA or the Premier League or, or whatever with the greatest mm. respect he's, he's a brilliant pundit mm-hmm. But he should be having a proper position um, of office because he tackles everything. He, he speaks common sense, and he's got the respect. And he, and, and his delivery is good. You know when he mm. speaks, he delivers it uh, very well. But some of the scenes to go into the dressing room have a peaceful protest. But when it starts going into the dressing room, they're then breaching COVID rules, there's no way the game could take place. And then you've got a really congested uh, schedule. You know, and, and and how do you how do you? Work? And the Man United will be safe for a Champions League place. But let's imagine they were with Chelsea, West Ham. Mm. Spurs and Liverpool are just now could really made it really, really difficult um, for their own club.
5: Marvin? Yeah, no, I agree. I think the peaceful protest is absolutely fine. But when you start, you know, encroaching on on, on the stadium and putting, you know, the police and other people at risk, I I think it's it's unfair. You know, I, I definitely understand that there there was uproar and the reasons for it because the super league idea was was disrespectful to fans and, you know, something that should have never even been spoken about, let alone joined. You know, so I definitely, definitely agree with that. But you know, stopping the game from being played because you've gone in there and you've breached COVID rules. And, you know, we are in a pandemic still. I know we're coming out the other end, but I just, it just didn't sit right with me. You know, people, you know, getting into into the stadium and into the, the dress rooms and everything else. I just didn't think that that was right. And that would have been, a, obviously, it wasn't everyone who was doing that. There'd have been a lot of people there that just wanted to you know, let their voices be heard and let the Glazers know this is not acceptable, sell the club and anything else. But you know, there's always a few that kind of overstep the line. And the ones who did go inside into the dressing room and stuff, I... You know, it's disappointing basically to see that.
4: Loads of calls coming in about the match yesterday. Rangers four, Celtic one. Celtic down to ten men after Callum McGregor got a second yellow card. Steven Gerrard afterwards. Looking forward to the next two games, and they will lift the trophy. On May the fifteenth.
1: Well I'll be last in the queue. Uh, all the players deserve to lift it before me. A day we're really looking forward to. First things first, we've got to go and get through a tough game at Livy away. It's always a tough challenge there. I'm sure Davey will be wanna be the first team to beat us in terms of the league. So we have to be ready and prepared for that. And then look, it's it's time to enjoy and celebrate the last game of the season against a rival. You know, Aberdeen's situation. I'll be interested to see what they need when they come here. Again, I'll be looking for a real strong home performance and we'll be aggressive and we'll put goal scorers on the pitch and
4: we'll go and try and get another strong win. Two big games, Mark Guidi, when you think about it, because Aberdeen do have something to play for and the manager recognises that. Uh, and Livy as well, want to finish in a
6: high. Yeah, I mean, as we all know, going to, to Livingston on the you know, <clears throat> excuse me, you know you're in for a tough game yeah. and... If, you've, if you have to leave Livingston with a victory you're going to have to produce a right good performance you know sleeves rolled up um, and a bit of class um, as well so as we say Livy I've got 5th place to play for as Marvin said if Hib's gone and won the, the Scottish Cup and we'll know that obviously what the Scottish Cup final is going to be by the time these league games come around next midweek but there's a proper fight on um, for 5th place which will go to the last day you've got Rangers wanting to preserve their, their, their unbeaten home record, try and get you 100 points. If Aberdeen beat Hibs um, next midweek, then you've got that. So plenty um, in the mix. But I think it'll be a real big one for Rangers. You know, two games to go, they would hate to to, to ruin it. And listen, the, the, they're the champions, that's all that matters. But there's no doubt that, that, that it's an extra uh, thing for them to go and, uh, unbeaten and try and get to 100 points. Is it points. more pressure on them, do you think? No, I, I don't think there's more pressure. But... Um, it's not going to ruin the fact that they've won the league, but uh, you wouldn't sure. feel as good about yourself if you yeah. get up and get the cut if you've just if you failed at one of the last yeah. um, hurdles. But that said, once. Um, the SPFL, if it's Neil Doncaster or it's going to be, hands a trophy to James Tavernier, then whatever happens, even if they lose the last two games, it'll yeah. be forgotten about. But it would yeah. be nice on the cake
5: just to yeah, get yeah. go and beat mm. Marvin. I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, they've won the league now, so no matter what happens in the last two games, obviously it would be absolutely unbelievable to go and be invincible. And that's what they'll be. You know, Stephen Gerrard needs something for them to focus on. And that is the focus now, because they've already won the league. They're out of the cup. So they need another focus, and that is to remain unbeaten. So. Yeah, that's what they'll obviously be trying to do. But, you know, should they lose one of the games, they're still champions and have had a fantastic season, an absolute unbelievable season. I think one thing that will help Stephen Jarrett and his team talks will be like, well, Livingston are playing for something and so Aberdeen, you know, so we can't afford to go out there and go through the motions because, you know, potentially we could slip up and, and let's not do that. So I think that will also help the players, you know, Engage with what they need to do, and listen. We both know if Rangers turn up in their last two games to perform the way that they can, they're not going to lose them. Let's be honest.
4: Will it be mentioned in the team talk? Do you think the fact that you've got a chance to stop Rangers' record?
5: Yeah, of course it will. Yeah. You know, every team has been trying to do that since it's been spoken about. Since mm-hmm. Rangers won the league and it's been the invincible uh, season that everyone's been talking about, that had been in everybody's team talks. But trying to do that um, it has been very, very difficult. You know, they've been very, very good this season. And and for us at Livingston, obviously, like you said, they're coming to our place, and nobody likes to play in the Asher turf, and nobody likes to play against us because we always get labelled as physical at Livingston and everything else. So, we, in terms of that, we won't disappoint them with it. You know, we want to go out there and, and, and win the game. You know, we've beaten Celtic at our place, so why can't we beat Rangers? And that's the confidence we need to go into the game with. Um, so that's what we'll be trying to do it won't be an easy night for them that's for sure
4: Livy on 44 points uh, same as St Johnson as you mentioned Uh, Aberdeen on 56 Hebs on 59 Celtic on 73 Rangers the Champions on 96 Hearts coming up as we know as champions in Dundee the playoffs coming up in their Wraith Rovers Dunfermline as well there's a lot of football still to come to get into playoff position for the premiership.
6: Ah, it's really it's really exciting, Paul. Yeah. You know, and then you are going to have you know, whether it be Dundee, Wraith Rovers, or Dunferman mm-hmm. against either Hamilton, um, Kelly, um, or, or Ross County. Um having watched a number of championship games this season, I think regardless of who finishes in 11th place, I would fancy them against the the, the championship team. Yeah. I really do. do. You think it's a golf I think there is like Paul. Yeah I, yep. I think there is yeah. um but I think hearts will be a welcome addition I think some of the, the criticism that, that Robbie Nielsen and his staff and his players have had has been really unfair the remit is just to get you out of the, the division doesn't matter how it happens you know, remember Rangers didn't get out the first time asking the championship it took them two attempts so that shows you how difficult um, um, that it is we've got a Scottish Cup both semi-finals this weekend we've then got a Scottish Cup final to look forward to so the, the, the month of May it's brilliant. It's just a shame there's no supporters in to to share it all and uh, uh, to enjoy it. And then before we know it, Stevie Clark will have picked his squad and, and Scotland that we meet. Alan McGregor girls. in there. Alan McGregor in the squad yeah. and the Scotland squad. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no <for, laughs> listen, I don't think I he think wants he's to be. the best goalkeeper. He's my player of <laughs> yeah, the year, man. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. who you yeah. play the yeah. Alan McGregor for me is a player of the year um, in Scotland. And I've said before he's been pound for pound. Rangers got him for nothing. Mm. Um, he's been Stephen Gerrard's best signing. Um, for me and even you look back in his first two seasons season one um, you know Alan McGregor was pulling off two or three top saves again Rangers never had a, a settled defence it wasn't like it is now he was covering up a multitude of sins in, in, in season one for some of the guys in front of him because he was pulling off uh, save after save um, I'd like to see Alan McGregor on the squad but I don't think he will yeah
5: I agree with that you agree with that yeah yeah, yeah. He's, he's not going to be in there I don't huh? think
6: he wants to come back does he nah.
5: No, as we touched on earlier, I, I don't think he will. You know, being the man that he is, I, I think he'd want to be there for the whole qualifying campaign. You know, I don't think he's interested in coming back just for the Euros. Uh, it's almost like a John Terry moment, isn't it? When John Terry put yeah. his, his full cut on when Chelsea yeah. won and then he lifted the trophy. <laughs> I, I don't think Alan McGregor's that sort of guy. But um, no, I agree with the with the kind of whoever finishes 11th. I think they'll be the team that stays up. I think there is kind of a, a, a golf in in quality. Um, and that's no disrespect to the other teams. We played Rafe Rovers in the Cup, who were absolutely unbelievable uh, for you know, forty-five minutes of the game. I just think it will be, you know, very, very difficult for for one of those championship teams to come through the playoffs.
4: Yeah. So Dundee in second position and forty-five points. Hearts of fifty-seven. They are out of sight as champions. Raith Rovers in forty-three. Dunfermline thirty-nine. Alloa at the bottom. Uh, Peter Grant. I wonder where he'll end up next. Uh, Mark. A few weeks ago, he was mentioned as part of the Eddie Howe uh, revolution at Celtic. He could be or he could be wanted elsewhere.
6: Yeah. Yeah. He was mentioned with Eddie Howe as part of. Um, Potentially with his, his backroom staff along with uh, Marvin sitting along uh, side this year has been mentioned um, as well. And Peter Grant linked with the Falkirk job um, this morning. Um, Gary Holt, the director of football there. And I think now, I'm not sure, but I think they might have been teammates at Celtic for a short spell when Gary joined under Lou McCarrie and possibly at Norwich, Peter might have been Gary's manager at Norwich. Or mm. I'm not quite sure. But I think there's a kind of uh, relationship there. But regardless of that, whether there's a relationship previously or not I, th- I think Peter uh, Grant the, mm-hmm. the experience that he has and the style of football that he played watched Allo a couple of times mm-hmm. uh, this season and you know Marston talks about Eddie Howe being a workaholic Peter Grant's a workaholic as well when he's uh, yep. a part time club mm-hmm. but he's full time in there every day working away so I think that'd be, a, that'd be quite a good one for Falkirk
4: 35 years ago today where was he? Quick question Love Street Correct it was Love Street when Celtic won the uh, the title Hearts were in a pole position Marvin and uh, they'd led all the way since just the turn of the year but right at the end Celtic had gone on a run and right at the end uh, Dundee beat Hearts and Celtic uh, they hammered St Mirren's at 5-1 something like that they, yeah, they won yeah, anyway last then, yeah. by quite a few yep. goals and uh, that was uh, 35 years ago today Today it's the Rangers fans who are enjoying it and in the papers today we see Stephen Gerrard saying uh, there's more to come for next year. We're going to strengthen the squad for next year and uh, yeah, that's daunting for Celtic and for the other teams who can catch Rangers.
5: Yeah, but that doesn't surprise me with Stephen Gerrard. You know, we've spoken about the players that could possibly leave. Rangers will have a list of players that they want to bring into that football club should somebody leave. You know, they're not going to be caught you know, selling, say, a Camara... Or, you know, Ruth going or Morales going. That They're not going to be caught out by this. They're going to have lists of players that they want to bring into the club. And that's what it's about at a big club, being proactive. And that's maybe, you know, where Celtic have maybe fallen short. You know, I don't think they were ready to to replace the players. I don't think the transfers that they've brought in were particularly good. And I think that would have taught Rangers a lesson if they ever needed one. You know, let's not get caught the same way Celtic have because look how far behind us they now are after being so dominant for nine years. It's unbelievable to think they're 20 points behind. And I think that would have been a lesson to Rangers. You know, And Steven Gerrard would have been saying to the board, listen, we have to be proactive with what we're doing because we can't afford to lose one of our big players coming towards the end of the transfer window and we don't know who to replace them with. So it doesn't surprise me to hear these things about Steven Gerrard. As I said, you know, he... He seems to be a fantastic manager and and one that, you know, he'll be at Rangers maybe for the next couple of years before going down to Liverpool, I expect.
4: So they're the champions. I take it, is he your manager of the year? Some people saying Callum Davidson maybe, but after yesterday, is it?
5: Uh, I, I, Callum Davidson is for me. Um, you know, fantastic yeah. as fantastic as Stephen has been. I think, you know, you expect Rangers to be up there. I think you expect them to be, you know, in the later stages of the, of the Cups and everything else. I think what Callum Davidson has done at St. Johnson, I said this at the start of the season as well, you know, when we first played against them. They were so structured in what they were trying to do. Yes, they didn't have the greatest of starts, but you knew what St. Johnson were trying to do. And now that's bearing fruit because they stuck with him through the difficult times. He's won the League Cup. He's in the semi-final rather, of the Scottish Cup. Mm-hmm. And he's in the top six of the Premier League. For me, what he's done there on their budget has been absolutely fantastic. And that's taken nothing away from Stephen Jarre, whether they go on to be invincibles or not. you know What a brilliant season Rangers have had. But when you look at the you know St. Johnson budget and what he's done there... You know, it's absolutely remarkable for me. And for me, he's my manager of the season.
4: That's a very good case for him. But nobody thought Rangers would be 23 points clear of Celtic. So wouldn't you give the title, the the the, the trophy, as in manager of the year to Steven Gerrard? It's a tough one
5: to yeah. call. Yeah, it is a tough one. It is definitely a tough one. And as I said, that's taken nothing away from Steven sure. Gerrard because he's been fantastic and so have his players, you know, to be so far ahead. But, but you know, St. Johnson, you'd, people have probably looked at them and, and maybe said they'd be 10th or 9th in the league. You know, they've gone on to win a League Cup. Potentially they can go on to win a Scottish Cup. And they're in the top six. I think, you know, for for, for him in his, his first year as a manager, I think that's absolutely fantastic. And he just, you know, he's just ahead of Steven Gerrard for me. And what as well? Yeah. The style
6: of football that they play, Marvin. Mm-hmm. They play attractive football. Yeah. St Johnston, the energy levels, you know, a real uh, togetherness. And, and another thing as well about Marvin, and it's the same at Rangers. You know how you 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 make players better, you improve them, which improves them and also enhances their the market value. You look at that with St Johnston. There's a number of players that. You know, that have really gone uh, into a price bracket where it will take serious money to shift them out of Perth.
4: More on that next. Go Radio Football Show. We'll be back uh, in just a second or two uh, with that. James just uh, joining us here. Lots of calls coming in Oh eight oh eight seventeen seventeen seven hundred. 17 17 700. On that, then, Ali McCann is somebody that is mentioned all the time. Yeah. How much would he be worth? I know you wouldn't want him to go, but. Um,
6: Well I I thought he was the man of the match at Easter Road uh, against him. So he was absolutely outstanding. He dominated um, the game, you know, an integral part of what happened um, on on Saturday. So I'm I'm sure St. John's don't have a fight in their hands to hold on to to Alan McCann. They rave about him as well at Northern Ireland set up the coaching staff. Love him there. Um, Listen, it'll be a chunky seven figure fee, Paul. If if people think they're going to come and get Alan McCann for four, five, six hundred grand then they're mistaken. He's he's a seven-figure fee player all day long.
4: More on that and who is your player of the year, Marvin, after this.
3: The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.
4: And tomorrow morning at breakfast, it's uh, Crofty and Grado. And remember, you can win a brand new car. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? From Macklin Nissan. Macklin Motors Nissan. It's all happening here, Mark. 15 grand car.
6: Yeah, brilliant. Have yeah. uh, we allowed to <laughs> no <laughs>
4: employees well if you're still an employee at the end of this game <laughs> after my traffic and travel I doubt if I will be Chris will be back tomorrow and Marvin for you a few days off of course what's the routine this week I know you you'd desperately love to be in the cup semi-finals having gone all the way to the final so what's the routine this week for you
5: yeah so we've been given the, the early part of the, the week off to, to basically just have a rest it's obviously been a long long season and we don't play again until a week Wednesday um, and then we'll then be back in on the back end of this week um, before having, you know, another day off before coming back in on the Monday, uh, ready to attack the Rangers game on the Wednesday. And obviously then we'll stay in Thursday, Friday and play St Johnson on the Saturday. So yeah, a few days rest for us now. Um you know, it's sometimes good mentally to be away from some of the yes. boys. <laughs> and then, uh, is
4: it quite tiring this time of the season? How do you feel? I mean, I, I know you're focused on the two games, but are you conscious then? To, you're looking forward to a break afterwards.
5: Yeah, it's tiring when you're not winning games, isn't it? Yeah. If We would have been winning yeah. if I'd be in the Rangers dressing room I'd, if you said to me on my tide, I'd be like, no, because yeah. you know you're winning games of football. Um, yeah, when you're losing games, it's, 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 it's a hard thing, isn't it? And you want to keep working hard day in day out in training, but that's obviously not the best thing, mm. you know, because we haven't got a game for a little while now, but. Yeah, you know, you want to get get these two games kind of out of the way, but you want to get some points out of them. You know, we want to finish in fifth place in the league, so... You know, it'd be a good holiday for us or, you know, staycations now, but it'd be good you know, have a bit of time off if we are fifth in the league. If we do finish sixth, there'll be an element of disappointment. I know we have finished sixth and it's a fantastic season for Livingston, talking about budgets and everything else, but, you know, fifth place was kind of in our grasp and if we don't manage to get that, then there'll be an element of disappointment to it.
4: Well, you mentioned uh, Rangers there at the top. The champions, 23 points in it and Stephen Gerrard spoke afterwards about uh, the newcomer, Jack Simpson. Well, look,
1: it was his first... Um start in a game of this magnitude for us. We trusted him that he could do it. He had a couple of moments within the game. We'll analyse his performance, I'm sure he will as well, because he's a a kid who wants to learn and get better. I thought he'd done a lot of things well. He's up against one of the best players in the league, in Edouard, and obviously he gets assisted well by El Anoussi and Turnbull. So it was certainly a tough challenge for him today, but he was on a yellow card, which is always edgy for him as well. But I thought, all in all, he's handled the situation really well. Marvin, what do you think
4: of his performance yesterday?
5: Yeah I think uh, you know Stephen summed it up perfectly there but people need to remember Jack's a young boy who's yeah. coming into a huge football club mm. you know he's been at Bournemouth and and he's came up to to Rangers and he's playing in, in the derby game you know one of the biggest derbies in the world so there's going to be an element of nerves there for him um you know Jack is a very very good player you know, I've spoken to people at Bournemouth about him when he when he was to leave and they said he's a fantastic centre half and you know I think he'll go on to be a very, very good player for Rangers. You know, I don't think you can read too much into into certain games. I said it's a derby game, he's playing against, you know, arguably the best striker in the league as well. It's gonna be, he's gonna be nervous about it, it's on T V, you know, all these things, you know, add into the mix and you know, as he said there, Jack did some things very, very well and he he made mistakes as all players do. You know, so I don't think it'd be fair to judge him or write him off, you know, based on one game because I think he'll go on to be a very good player for Rangers.
4: Mark, looking at the Rangers team this season and looking to next season, do you see much change? Stephen Gerrard saying, well, I think he was saying, more signings. Barry said all along, two or three will be coming in. Um, who do you think might be
6: going? I, well, there'll be a lot of interest, Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends what the, the level of bids are. The Kamara one will be, be interesting because it stands to reason, in a business sense, if you don't extend your contract, then you need to, you need to cash in where you go, and That's it. Looks like the position Kamara is going to in. Morelos has been, you know, does he want to say, does he want to go? Does he fancy a crack at the Champions League or does he feel that he's done his bit and now's the time? Again, A, it depends on what another club offers for him and B, is that club attractive enough for Morelos to leave Rangers and and, and go? Um, Ryan Kent will will, will lead sniff about Uh, again. uh, You know, he looked the part Mm -hmm. um, yesterday, Ryan Kent, so does he. I think I've I've done my bit in Scotland. I fancy going down the road to the English Premier League, or they want a crack at it with Rangers and uh, the Champions, Champions League and, and stay on again to to retain the title mm-hmm. to show that we you know we can do it. You know we can win back to back and survive the pressure. And you know, if you want to call them a new Celtic next season, all mm-hmm. well, the different things that happen that we that we put them back in the place and keep them in the place you know, keep them out the road and show that we are the number one um, team in the country again. So there, there's a lot of questions there, but ultimately a couple will, will go mm-hmm. because you've got to do it as a business. And, and Dave King's say, albeit he's not the the main man at the club anymore, but that's the business model. If you can buy for for one or two and sell for seven, eight, nine, or ten, or twelve, or fourteen, mm-hmm. that's the way you've got to do it. That's how it works in Scottish football, and Stephen Gerrard will know that. So, if he can sell Morelos for 12 or 14 or 15 or 17, and you replace them with somebody at three, four, five, or, or six, that's the way it works. That's how it happens.
4: And just talking about fashion, Sakala could be coming in from Ostend. Uh, Ryan Kent, what a great player to watch, isn't
5: he? Yeah, so sharp, you know, absolutely fantastic. And I think he had his critics last season because he wasn't chipping in with enough goals or assists Mm. or whatever else. But for me, he's been absolutely unbelievable this season and he's answered all of those. In terms of players moving on, I think it's a difficult one for them because you want to attack the Champions League. I mean, how many of those players, no disrespect to them, are going to move to another team that's challenging for the Champions Mm. League or in the Champions League? I just think so many of them will just be saying, let me just give it another year. Let, let's really mm-hmm. have a go at the Champions League. If yeah. we can qualify for the Champions League, how amazing would that be? You know, a full box with Champions League uh, theme tune played in the background. Yeah. You know, that for me, I think, is the pinnacle of a lot of players' careers. You talk about international football, talk about anything else. Hearing that Champions League music as you walk out, I think it will be a special, special occasion. And I think, you know, people like Kamara, even if you were to say to them, listen, I'll sign a year's extension. You know, let's let's deal with this next season. I really want to attack this Champions League. I want to defend the the Premier League, and can we go on and you know win and win both the cups as well? You know, what can we actually achieve here? And I just think that's one thing that we playing in the back of those players' mind. Champions League music is is absolutely massive, and if you're not going to a team that are in the Champions League, then. I don't see any point in moving now
4: and Steven Gerrard's record in Europe as a player is second to none and as a manager he's uh, fashioning a great reputation in Europe it's quite enticing for next season for them isn't it what about Kemar Roof what do you reckon will he be here he moves quite a lot did well yesterday 16 goals this season
6: yeah he's a quality player you look at his finish I really loved his header the way he attacked yeah. um, the cross great delivery into the box and also not, not mentioned it Morelos' is finish. you know. West brilliant, strike. you know, just you know the wee the wee nutmeg on, on Scott Brown, then then leather on at home. Question marks over Scott Brain? Yeah, probably. Again, that's down to the that shows you the how it's important that it is to have a, a, a top drawer uh, goalkeeper and Christopher um, Ayer. And, the, and 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 Christopher. Ayer. I, I, I I don't know if Marvin agrees with me, and this has nothing to do with the fact that he's you know supposedly he, he ducked out of the way yesterday. Okay, well they did they, did, but. I've looked at Christopher Ayer and even the way he came out with the ball at his feet yesterday and one or two chances. I prefer him as a holding midfielder. Marvin, I don't know if you agree just more because I don't think he's the most aggressive uh, footballer. But if he's playing in that, that central area where he can just spread the ball about or break up the part in, I think he looks better to me as a as a number six rather than a number five.
5: Yeah, he's fantastic on the ball. And as you said, a couple of times he broke forward yesterday and you had to double like check who, who is this running into the Rangers box. But no, I agree with you. I think it's kind of needs must at the moment. They, they probably need him back there because they don't have many other options. I don't know where Duffy, whether he's on the bench or not, but obviously he's not had the greatest of times at the football club so as needed as a centre half but yeah I agree with you I, I think he could play in there quite easily because he is fantastic on the ball and his driving runs and he's a powerful boy you know every team that plays against Celtic has always stopped Aya from travelling from the back stopping from travelling from the back maybe looking at it if he does start higher up you can get closer to him a lot quicker we all know that strikers don't like defending, so you know they see him start running, and you kind of leave him. By the time he comes to the midfield area, he's at full pace. So maybe that's the reason he does play a bit deeper. But for me, he's a he's a fantastic player, and probably one player that Celtic are going to lose in the summer.
4: Scott Brown, will we see him back? That may have been his last game. Yesterday, handed over the armband to Ire when he went off, and John Kennedy spoke about his captain, the outgoing captain. Afterwards, well, yeah, not be judged
2: on that. You know, I mean, it's not his fault. So, sure, he not be thinking much about it. He's came here plenty of times and won, won many, many more trophies than than a lot of people on the pitch today. So, you know, for Scott, you know, he's a terrific time at Celtic. You know, and this shouldn't be any sort of
4: mark against him. It's nothing to do with him. Not the way we'd have wanted to finish 44 all-firm games he's played in. He's been remarkable.
6: Ah, he's been brilliant. A great servant to to Celtic for 4.4 4 million pounds 14 years ago. He, he's been brilliant. Um, you know, there's a lot of question marks over him would he survive as a Celtic player after his first two or three years never mind going to be one of the most decorated players captains in the club's uh, history probably second only to Billy McNeil so yeah he's been brilliant for me Celtic shouldn't be letting him go anyway he, he should be around at the club because I think whether it's Eddie Howe or anybody else I think he would have been a really good presence to have um, about the place so um, I, I'm just really surprised and I, and I think it's something that potentially could come back to bite Celtic. He's like, yes, he's not the Scott Brown of three years ago, but in terms of what he brings to the mentality of the place and in terms of guiding new signings around, you know, the demands and what's required, he's going to be a massive loss. He'll pretty much be a replaceable Paul and a huge gain for Aberdeen.
5: Yeah, yeah, a massive, massive gain for them. Um, you know, I know that the players are looking forward to to him coming in there and. You know, as, as Mark said, he's not going to play week in, week out. But what you get from him on the training grounds is he demands standards. You know, he's won so many titles and so many trophies with Celtic. And he's taken that experience now to Aberdeen. And they've got some fantastic young players, especially young centre midfielders, who he's going to help, you know, come on in their game uh, for sure. But as I said, I think the standards that he sets off the pitch are going to be just as important as what he does on the pitch for Aberdeen.
4: Marvin, thanks very much for joining us. Enjoy the rest of the week off. Who's Going to the Cup Final? Just throw this at you. <laughs>
5: uh, yeah. I, I think it'll be a Hibs St. Johnson uh, final. Oh,
4: you're going against, uh, well, four-year-old team Hibs. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. We'll see you before the final to find out who you think will win. Marvin, thanks for joining us. Mark, we'll see you back on Friday. Good luck to Barry tomorrow night for the Kelty Hearts. Yeah. And here in the programme at 5, Stephen Cragen, John Hartson and Rob McLean. They'll be live at 5.
3: The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from 5.
0: I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result, and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.